Today's Sunday, January the 24th, 2021, and you're listening to West Fryer. I am narrowcasting from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. This is actually a second time publication of a recording that is about five years old. This was the sermon that I actually shared at our church in February of 2015 at the Ash Wednesday service. And today, in preparation for our Sunday school class, I was actually searching for a picture that would have to do with confession or penitence. And I thought I remembered, I thought I remembered maybe taking a picture of of uh, myself or our family after we had been at the Ash Wednesday service. And maybe I was thinking about the image that I had included on this blog post. But anyway, uh, this was kind of a, uh, I don't know, it's not a rabbit hole, but you know, one of those things where you search for something and you find something else and, oh, wow, look at that, uh, a discovery. But in this case, it was actually a recording that I had made. So back to February 2015, I will include in the show notes a link to the blog post where I originally had shared this and the verse that I preached on was from Isaiah 58 and is the first 12 verses of Isaiah 58. Here we go. Good evening. If you would please turn in your Bibles to the book of Isaiah. And we will turn to the 58th chapter and read verses 1 through 12. I'll be reading from the New International Version. And this section in the NIV is titled, True Fasting. Shout it aloud. Do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their rebellion and to the descendants of Jacob their sins. For day after day they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of its God. They ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near them. Why, we have fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? Why, have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? Yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fast I have chosen? Only a day for people to humble themselves? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. Then your light will break forth like the dawn And your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you. And the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. He will cry for help and he will say, here I am. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light 
will rise in the darkness, and your night will become like noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. Thanks be to God for the reading of his holy word. Well, if we consider scripture, food upon which we will eat and be fed, I think there is quite a bit in these verses from the prophet Isaiah that we can not only chew on tonight, but that we can take forward into the next 40 days as we prepare for Easter. And I have to tell you that it is a very humbling thing to um, have an opportunity to share ideas with you on this Ash Wednesday service. Because, as Mateen said, part of our focus is remembering our mortality. And so before I talk about that, I'll tell you something a little humorous. Um, You may know I went to the Air Force Academy. And um, we had a lot of stories about the cadet chapel. And I'll preface this by asking, have you ever felt that you needed help getting your prayers lifted to the Lord? Well, on a serious note... Sin does stand between us and the Lord, and this is the need, the reason we have need for confession is because we, we need to confess those sins so that we can, we can come to God and we can, um, we can have our communion this evening and we can, um, live in relationship with Him. But if you've ever been to Colorado Springs, if you've been to the Air Force Academy, you may know there are several chapels. Um, there's actually 17 spires, and the joke was that there was one for each of the apostles and one for each of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. And I don't know whether that's true or not. Um, the chapels are are set up where the Protestant chapel is is the main one on the on actually it's the second floor, but it's the it's the main floor. And then below there's a Catholic chapel and there's a Jewish synagogue. I was actually baptized in that uh, chapel, probably uh, like about 1972 when my father was there. Uh, but the joke we used to, to tell was that oftentimes the Protestants needed help having their prayers lifted to heaven. And that's why the Catholics were positioned below so that their prayers would be able to give us a boost and push us up. But on a serious note, um, I think we all can probably think of times when we have felt apart from God and when we felt our earnest prayers, um, we, we felt... Um, we prayed them with an earnestness that, that, that perhaps uh, we, we wouldn't normally pray. And this past week um, was actually a challenging time um, for our own family. Uh, my mother went into the emergency room last week on Saturday, and uh, or I guess maybe it was on Sunday. And it started with the flu and some asthma, and that became uh, pneumonia that was strep pneumonia and a blood bacteria that got into her bloodstream, and it just all was going downhill. Praise the Lord that um, surgeons are able to do procedures where they are able to take out pneumonia and they're able to, I didn't even know they could do this, to uh, put fluid into lungs and take out fluid and that was done twice and she was able to leave the hospital on Thursday and this last Friday I was able to um, to drive up there and spend most of the weekend with her and she's coming home Saturday. So praise to the Lord. When's the last time you were reminded of your mortality? I know, um, I think it was probably two years ago uh, on our Wednesday night, um, 
group. Uh, it was Robert Minja who, just driving to church, had a, had a, had a near head-on collision with someone who had swerved into his lane. And he had to actually, I think, swerve off the road in order to avoid hitting this car. Things can happen so quickly um, that remind us of our mortality. And when we find ourselves in moments where uh, we are praying for others, we're praying for ourselves, uh, we're praying to God to save our lives, we're praying to him to save those that we love. I think we're hoping that we're right with God, or we're, we're hoping that uh, we are in a place where the Lord is hearing us and where the Lord is is um, is close to us. And just like it says in, in these verses from Isaiah Verse 9, then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here I am. We're not going to turn to each other and share those moments tonight. Um, That would be a pretty challenging thing to do. Um, But I do want to share a story with you because um, I'm a witness to uh, the faithfulness of God and to God's provision in our life to answer um, our call. Um. It was about 20, probably three years ago, um, that I actually found myself uh, leaving the Air Force and, and leaving pilot training quite unexpectedly. I had expected to follow in the footsteps of my father and be a career military officer. I actually thought Colin Powell had, had a pretty good track in, you know, ending up in the White House being a national security advisor. And I thought, maybe I could, maybe I could do that too. And so that that career path and that track, if you're in the Air Force, really depends upon pilot training. And I did not do well in pilot training. And so I had washed out of pilot training. And I actually also become medically retired from the Air Force. So picture, if you will, uh, a 22-year-old who uh, for the last four years has worn a uniform and it had an identity that was very defined by others. Um, suddenly out of the uniform and really wondering where I might go with my life because I thought the military was what I was going to do and where I was going to serve. Well, I ended up turning to education and deciding that I wanted to go back and teach. And in the process of that, um, I needed to have a job while I was going to go back to school to get certified to teach. And um, I ended up being a teacher assistant supervising in-school suspension at Coronado High School in Lubbock, Texas. Um, And that was a very humbling and instructive uh, experience. But even more humbling, perhaps, before that, uh, before that job became available, I um, had applied to be a bus driver. And so uh, if you can picture a sunny day in Lubbock, Texas, and a group of folks gathered uh, in the bus depot getting ready to uh, drive their buses, and I went, you know, I went, I went through this training, um, looking up at the sky and seeing these jets fly that I had been flying in, you know, about two months before, um, that was a very humbling experience. And I know I was not the only one who prayed to the Lord. Um, there were many that prayed to the Lord. But um, one of the people who answered um, is uh, a woman named Jean Fruget. And um, Jean was, um, as we have in our church, an anchor of the church. She was someone who was always there every week, volunteered and did so many things. Um, I think Jean was probably one of the ones who you know, stuffed the bulletins for years and years. And so it was Jean who um, opened her home um, 
to a young man who was needing a place to live as he went to school and tried to discover who is it that God has called me to be in this time. Um, I really like how this verse from Isaiah makes us think about fasting, not just as something that we're going to fast from, but as something we're going to fast to. Um, I would predict, and you don't have to raise your hand, that there are many of us thinking tonight about what we might give up for Lent. Did anyone have that conversation on the car on the way over? My daughter is raising her hand. We were talking about screens, and has anybody contemplated giving up a screen, like maybe a phone or a computer or a television or something like that? A lot of times we do think about giving up um, something like that to help us focus on the sacrifices of Jesus, on our need for repentance and our need for God. But these verses in Isaiah really struck me because they're not just talking about having a focus on doing without, but instead they're calling us to focus on what we should do with our lives. And that's why the story about Jean Fruget came to mind. Um, because although I wasn't exactly homeless, I kind of was because I wasn't living at the Air Force Base anymore. And what a wonderful blessing it was um, to uh, have an opportunity to spend really two years um, uh, renting a room from a wonderful um, woman of Christ and drawing closer to her and really drawing closer to the Lord as a result. Um, you know, up till that point in my life, I think I had really naively believed, if you can imagine it, that I would plan everything I was going to do in my life, that I would have that scripted out and just follow those those steps and things would just fall into place. And what I learned, and I'm still learning in my life, is that the Lord opens up doors for us, which we didn't know were there, and which we didn't anticipate. And um, the service of Jean, and I think um, her willingness to respond to this call, um, literally to open her home, um, was a, was a tremendous gift to me, but it's also an encouragement to me today as I think about um, the call that God has on our lives. So I'd like you to think about a few questions as we are preparing for Easter in these uh, days of Lent. I want you to think about the time you have felt most separated from the Lord and most in need of the Lord. Um, What's the time you felt most isolated and alone? It's not a good place to be, is it? And when we think about the church and we think about our need for God, which is a big part of Lent, I think, our need for not only repentance, um, but our need for community and our need to live in community with each other. Um, I think that this idea of isolation, you know, brings it into sharp relief because the number one place the devil would want us to be is alone, right? Not in community with other believers, not in fellowship with others. Um, we need to remember that uh, the small words that we say can make a tremendous difference in someone's life. Uh, you never know the path that someone has walked on um, a particular day. And uh, 
If you think about that time, which isn't a fun thing to do to, to remember that, that real valley of your life. But if you think about that valley in your life, you will probably think of people in your life who spoke light into your situation. And the speaking of that light into your situation um, can be the, the spirit of the Lord. It can be God working through um, working through us, working through our voices, working through our hands, working through our actions, um, ministering to others who are in need. So I come to you tonight as someone who is a witness to the reality of God, to the reality that God listens and God responds to the prayers of his people, and also to the reality we have needing to repent and needing to um, to, to speak to God on a regular basis and to admit our sins and to confess those before him. In preparing for tonight, um, I actually listened to these verses in several different versions. And I don't know if you have a phone that will install apps on it or some other kind of device, but the Version Bible is the version of the, is a, is a Bible app that Life Church has given away. Millions and millions of people have downloaded it. And it has an amazing number of versions. And so in listening to these and listening to the voices of the readers, um, I was really struck by how earnest and fervent uh, the readings were in in these different uh, versions. And so I'm not going to read the entire passage again, but I am going to switch over to the message. And I want to just read to you the first um, three verses. And I won't play it for you either. I'll I'll read it myself. Uh, But this is not... These are not verses that the the readers whispered. These were verses that they said with a lot of energy and with a lot of uh, emotion. So this is Isaiah 58, the first three verses from the message. Shout, a full-throated shout. Hold nothing back. A trumpet blast shout. Tell my people what's wrong with their lives. Face my family Jacob with their sins. They're busy, busy, busy at worship. And love studying up all about me. To all appearances, they're a nation of right-living people, law-abiding, God-honoring. They ask me, what's the right thing to do? And love having me on their side. But they also complain, why do we fast and you don't look our way? Why do we humble ourselves and you don't even notice? These are pretty strong words. And, of course, prophets were known for bringing these kinds of words to the people to point out the sins of the people, the need the people have for repentance, and also the promise that God has for us. And so, as we prepare for the celebration of Easter in 40 days, and we prepare for both the remembrance of the suffering on the cross and the triumph of the resurrection, I'd like you to Think about fasting. Think about the fasting that you might do this year. Fasting that might not necessarily be fasting from, um, I guess, fasting that wouldn't necessarily simply focus on what I'm fasting from. But as these verses from Isaiah challenge us, what are we fasting to? We are fasting to serve the Lord. We are fasting to, with our words, Be the mouthpiece of Christ. Um, Speak those words of love to others in a very dark world. Um, 
to people who feel isolated. And that may be you this, this day. You may have come here to this service uh, feeling like you need that word of love and encouragement. And for you and for us all, we have good news. Because the news in the gospel is that Christ loves us. Christ died for us. And Christ gave up his life so that we could be connected to God. So that we do not have to go through a human being, another a person. But indeed we can directly approach the throne of God as we confess our sins. And so I want to give thanks tonight um, to Jean Fruget. I'd like to give thanks to all who are, as Isaiah talks about, serving the cause of Christ by feeding the hungry, by seeking to help the poor, by opening their homes to the homeless. Thanks be to God for his word. Thanks be to God for his church. And thanks be to God for his son Jesus and his love in this time of Lent. Amen.